On today's edition of the show, the Florida Panthers make it interesting against the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 82, but come up just short. We're going to discuss what Matthew Caldwell said to the media during the first intermission, and we're going to preview the first-round series between the Florida Panthers and the Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Man 12 Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also follow us on Instagram as well at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. So the Florida Panthers, they start off a little slow. They fall behind early into it into the first period and go down by two goals by the end of period number two and then what's interesting for this one is that the first two period had had a combined two goals while the third period was a little interesting where there was eight goals scored in the third period to make it a final score of six to four the panthers cut it close to at least one towards the end but it wasn't good enough for the florida panthers to defeat the carolina hurricanes so it but it is a fairbanks friday edition of the show which means nick fairbanks is back here on the lockdown florida panthers podcast and nick welcome back to the show thanks for having me and uh, i'm just glad we don't have to talk about like a clinching or you know that the Panthers couldn't do in the last two games. So happy to be back and happy to be talking about a series that's coming up next week. Yeah. And when you, and when you, it's funny because my, my attention of course, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, not being eliminated with the Pittsburgh Penguins being eliminated on, on Tuesday, I, my attention was not even on Columbus and Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh tonight and they ended up losing in overtime. So (laughs) don't know how that game ends up being if they hadn't lost to Chicago, but maybe their approach is a little different. Maybe they don't lose in overtime, but count our lucky stars with, of course, what happened on Tuesday for Pittsburgh, Chicago. And, but for the, for this game here and for the season, we were talking about 96 points as the benchmark to get to for this team and it ended up being 92. That was the minimum for the season for for the Panthers to get into the dance, but for this one, it was a it was slow from the start. Just before I could even tweet out saying it's game time in Sunrise, Brandon Montour goes to the box for uh, tri- tripping. But listen, I know I know the Panthers gave up six goals. Of course, two of them being empty netters to Carolina, but I was very impressed by Alex Lyon. In, in this one because I thought the Carolina Hurricanes really did a great job getting into the to low slot areas and the Panthers were having a hard time retrieving pucks as well, especially off of rebounds. And I thought Alex Lyon, he was very well set, especially getting into the butterfly position, especially on redirections and all. And 
the some of the goals that Brett Burns scored, lots of traffic in front as well. Mm-hmm. So I I think of course Alex Lyon is the game one starter. If if, if game one is to, is tomorrow, um, but I, I think it was just a matter of a, f- a few lapses in in this game that really really cost the Panthers this one. Yeah, and uh, kind of you know go back to you know what went on with Pittsburgh um, to compare them to Florida this season, probably the most inconsistent teams, and one of them just decided to get hot at the right time. Um, yes. So that's why Florida's in. Secondly, um, tonight I'm not blaming anything on Alex Line either. Um, I just think that the Hurricanes know how to forecheck. That's their coup de grace. Uh, that's what they do very well. They have a strong defensive um, core that they have. And, you know, they're number one in the league for scoring goals by defensemen. You know, they, mm-hmm. they have guys that can shoot it. Um, so it's not a big surprise to see what happened uh, tonight. But kind of glad that we're going to not be hopefully seeing them, um, you know, in the playoffs uh, this year. But um, – just another maybe wake up call for this team. Like, Hey, maybe don't, you know, don't come into this game lulled or like a zombie and wake up during the third period. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times we saw the, the Florida Panthers misconnecting on uh, attempts, like even early mm-hmm. in the first period, Carter Hagee tried to wrap around attempt to get it to Sam Reinhardt and just was unable uh, to connect. I mean, the Florida Panthers, they didn't even get their second shot on goal until 10 minutes into uh, the first period, I mean, there was also a centering feed by Alexander Barkov trying to get it to Sam Reinhardt right in front. And then Freddie Anderson was just right there to uh, mm-hmm. cut off uh, that one. But really for, for this game, uh, it, it really changed. It, it really changed in the middle of – actually, right after the Florida Panthers tied this game the, at, at, at two, at 3.33 into, into, the, into the game. The Florida Panthers scored two goals in a two-minute and 19-second span. And the the trip that wasn't called from, I, I believe it was Shane Goss' despair, as, mm-hmm. uh, as uh, Matthew Kachuk gets the puck, tries to go on a, on a breakaway. Um, I didn't have the best angle from what I had on the in, in the press box, but I, I thought that Matthew Kachuk was tripped. But look what happens just a few minutes later. The The... Carolina Hurricanes scored two goals in checks notes, 21 seconds. So mm-hmm. just a weird third period that you had two goals in the first two periods and then that two-minute span and then a 21-second span in this one. Kind of goes to show, you know, what calls can be called or what calls cannot be called that can change the, you know, dynamic of a game. Now, you know, I, I almost wonder if they're giving Goss to spare the – benefit of the doubt because to Chuck is who to Chuck is, you know, but at the same time, you know, you would hope that, you know, referees are, you know, transparent and that they try to call the game as even as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately that just wasn't the case. And, you know, Florida got burned by it. You know, what can we say? You know, I think it was happening a lot in the beginning of the season where they would give up a goal or they would score a goal. And then immediately right after that, they would give up a goal. So, um, definitely something that they need to, you know, really hone in on right there and just make sure that, you know, after something like that happens, that they kind of settle down and take over the play again, or at least do the things that they know that will prevent, um, you know, a goal being scored against them. That's for checking, that's controlling the neutral zone, things like that. Mm-hmm. And when, when speaking of the neutral zone, Panthers had 
16 giveaways on, on the night. And a lot, I saw a lot of them in, in, in the, in the neutral zone as, as well, a little, a, a little careless uh, for them. But one, one guy that I was, that, it, that I was really impressed by, and this was before the goal, even his goal even happened in, in the third period. It was really in the second period where, where Ryan Lomberg gets a, a stretch pass to Alexander Barkov in the neutral zone, and then Alexander Barkov, uh, it looked like he was going to take it by himself, but that, uh, but that sh- passing lane to Sam Reinhardt closed a little bit. I'm like, gotta shoot there uh, in in that yeah. in that instance uh, for Alexander Barkov. That was in the middle of uh, the the second period uh, as well for for the Panthers. But it was all silliness as well, and and so mental errors too, like Kachuk's cross check, which was way away from the play uh, too. It's just. These mental errors just can't happen in, in in the playoffs. They just can't. No, and I, I think, you know, we've seen it all season long where they will take stupid penalties at really bad times. I can probably name a couple times that Aaron Eckled with the final minute of play would take a cross-checking penalty or he'll take a tripping penalty when the game has maybe a goal or two in hand and it might cause a tie-up or they end up losing the game. So I hope – now that the regular season's over and it doesn't matter anymore, that they're not going to be taking stupid penalties anymore. But you know what? History does kind of repeat itself. So, you know, hopefully it won't damage us too much because Boston hasn't been really good on the power play for, you know, the second half of the season, even though recently they've been better. Um, mm-hmm. Let's just hope that they continue to be cold. Yeah. And uh, yeah, ho- that's what we can only hope here for, for the, for the <laughs> Panthers. Uh how impressed were you by by Rocco Goose uh, stripping Freddie Anderson that which which made it uh, which made it two two at the time and that pass from behind the net from the defenseman and it's like hmm maybe he learned a little bit from Matthew Kachuk. You know he he kind of does rub off on everybody, but um the fact that he was able to strip Anderson and put a pass in the way he did. I don't know. You know, Gudis, uh, you know, you would never think he would do that. He's always a guy that's trying to put as much muscle into his shots as possible and just trying to get it on net. But, um, you know, I guess, you know, pigs fly over the, you know, you know, they fly at some point. So, um, you know, it can happen. But um, hopefully he'll be, you know, his stable self for the playoffs coming up, not trying to hit everybody. Yeah. And even one thing of note is, with it being a six-four final, even when it was cut down to five-four, it this game was not as close as the final score it indicated. With of course a, a comeback attempt for the Panthers with Carver Hagee getting a, a goal on the Matthew Kachuk shot attempt that was rebounded by Freddie Anderson. He gets it into the open net, and then Anthony Duclair. One one positive thing that you could take is Anthony Duclair that that uh, pass from Eric Stahl that. Duclair hit on the one-timer, a confidence boost for Anthony Duclair, who had his first goal since February 28th against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That was an empty net goal. I happened to be at Amelie Arena for, for that <laughs> one. So that was um, Duke's third game, uh, excuse me, second game back when he scored that empty netter because uh, he returned on that Buffalo game. So a little bit of a confidence boost, and uh, Duke was asked about it after the game, and he said it's a it's a great it's great to get on on the score sheet. So and that hope hopefully he could uh, carry over to to the series against the Boston Bruins. But we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to talk more about what 
Florida Panthers president and CEO Matthew Caldwell said about the season and the Florida Panthers making the postseason. We're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about eBay Motors. The championship team is about each other and the perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back on this Friday, April 14th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. It is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. I got Nick Fairbanks here for this to talk about 6-4 victory for the Carolina Hurricanes. And even the New Jersey Devils were down 4-1 to at one point. Came back. Luke Hughes, we were talking about pre-recorded about Luke Hughes just coming out of Michigan and scoring that game winner for the New Jersey Devils in, in overtime, which now you're looking, if you're a Carolina Hurricanes fan, you're looking at that saying, thank goodness they they got that win for them because it wasn't looking pretty. It wasn't looking good for the Devils early on. And um, so it's it, a big swing of, of things there. But I want to go into more of what Matthew Caldwell said to the media after after uh, during the first intermission. Um, I got an opportunity to ask uh, Matt about the, about the four consecutive seasons. You go through three head coaches, a GM change. And during during in the question, I said that there were two remaining players remaining from the bubble, but it's actually three. So I botched uh, that one. Uh, <laughs> but but he said that there was a lot of turnover with this team prior to them selling it. Uh, prior to them buying it, excuse me. And that the the leadership that has been applied with with the coaching, the himself, Vinny Viola, that they are they are committed to that. And he also provided an update on the War Memorial Auditorium. It is not going to be opening this summer. Mm-hmm. He said it's 90% complete. And the earliest that we could expect War Memorial to open will be the fall. So they are going to cut it a little bit close to training camp next season. So um, I want to give you uh, your thoughts on what Matthew Caldwell had to say. Well, um, Matt certainly went back and talked about when, you know, they first bought the team, you know, Vinny Viola and Doug Sifu and how there was a lot of turnover. And there's been a lot of turnover since they've been here. Let's not kid ourselves, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the Panthers have been the most tumultuous organization, uh, you know, uh, over the last 20 years. This is the first time that they've been stable as far as the team making the playoffs in four consecutive years. And, yes, I am one of the ones that will count the play-in uh, in the bubble, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you had to be there, and you had to at least meet that criteria to get in. So, yes, I do consider it. Now, what has gone on since then till now? Um, some of it's been out of their hands, okay? You know, we can talk about Coach Q all day. Um, yes. We can talk about certain players that have been traded. I mean, I know that a lot of people were talking about Mr. Huberto today. Um, and just a lot of the things that the team has been undergoing, but it's needed. It's It's been needed for the longest time, 
And now I think the organization is going to start reaping the benefits of that. So um, it's been a long road. It's taken them almost a decade to put this all together and kind of get to where they need, where they are now. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, the team and where they're going to be starting next season, they're going to be in a much better position to not only compete, but they're also going to have a new practice facility that's hopefully going to open up, which I'm actually looking forward to because I play at the uh, ice den right now. And uh, that's all anybody can talk about right now is like, when is it going to open so we can go see it and go play? Mm, absolutely. One other thing that he uh, spoke about is, uh, and this was an interesting question that George Richards uh put up uh for matthew caldwell the the presser was nine minutes that we spent with matthew caldwell he spoke about this will be if the miami heat don't win on friday in their playing game this will be the first time that the florida panthers will be in the playoffs and the miami heat will not be crazy to think i i did not know that until today so just goes to show about the instability of this franchise prior to 2020 (laughs) and it and he also spoke about we don't cheer against anyone, but it's great to, for the spotlight to be on us. And and he spoke a little bit about that they they are one step closer to a naming rights deal for the arena, partnered up with Broward County, of course, because I, I believe the if I'm not mistaken, the arena is owned by the county, not 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 yes. the team. Um, and also contingency plans for if things f- end up folding with ballet sports as well. That's a big one. They said mm-hmm. they've talked to the pre- um, Nashville Predators organization as well. And they said that they have contingency plans for uh, Diamond Sports Group slash Sinclair to find a way to still find a way to put games on the air. So Panthers games on TV, and even if they have to fully go on ESPN Plus uh, as well, we don't have to worry about they're not being Panthers hockey. And I wouldn't think so. I mean, it's it's one of the four major sports here in the United States. And, you know, we still have a ton of talent that, all over the world that comes here to play in the best league in the world. Um, and there's no way that Gary Bettman was going to allow any team, especially in the Southern Belt, to not have their games televised. Now, will they be blacked out? Possibly. I mean, I, I've had my fair share blocked out um, this season, but you know what? The internet has a way. I won't tell you where, but I will say it has a way. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I will say this, that the, the, the whole thing with, you know, Caldwell and, you know, it being that short of a presser and everything, I think they just wanted to get this game over with they wanted to spend some time just saying hey this is what we're kind of doing right now and this is what we have an update on but that that's that let's move on to the playoffs let's really get into what we're here for this is what nhl fans are here to watch and die for and um you know i'm going to sneak this in right here i'm happy that the pittsburgh penguins aren't in i don't have to really worry about you know crosby and you know malkin and you know, what kind of calls they're getting because, uh, you know, the last game they played Boston, uh, I think they got a very favorable uh, non-goaltender interference call. So, um, bye-bye, Crosby. <laughs> back-to-back shows and back-to-back uh, back-to-back guests where we had someone telling us how they really feel about the Pittsburgh Penguins not making it to the dance. Also, he was asked about uh, what Kachuk being on this Florida Panthers team brings as far as the business side of things and the economic side of things too, that 
the fact that you could put more of his face around and that he's more recognizable because of that personality as well. It bring it bring. We've talked about all off season and even during the season about that flair that he has, mm-hmm. but he, Caldwell also spoke about it how it brings how it brings more of of recognition to the team too, even for even for casuals as well. So we are, we are very fortunate, very very fortunate. And I'm actually well, I'm going to give you the floor uh, real quick. I'm I'm going to look up uh, his uh, point total. But what are your thoughts on on how economically Kachuk's presence just has changed now that we have completed 82 games. His, how should I say, his stamp on this team started probably, you know, in his presser saying that he hates Tampa more now. Um, you know, I'm a big guy for that because, you know, I'm a Chicago Bears fan um, and one of my favorite coaches, Lovey Smith, and his presser said that, you know, the number one thing that we want to do outside of winning a Super Bowl is beat the Green Bay Packers. Right? <laughs> so you need to take on your number one rival and you need to beat the teams that are, you know, quote unquote, better than you or, you know, they were the champs the past few seasons. So, you know, that's that's something that, you know, we're going to have to, you know, climb that hill and eventually get over it. But eventually. the fact that he's yeah, the fact that he said that and that he's, you know, walking the walk. And with his personality, when's the last time this team had somebody like that besides Luongo? Can't think of it. No. I I mean, I can honestly probably think of the 96 team as probably the last time that this team had people who were personable or who had, you know, not a robotic type of, you know, um, relationship with, I I don't want to say the fans, but even with the press and everything. Um, So, it, it's it's kind of like he brought life into the organization and that, you know, other people are going to see that they're going to want to come to games and that's going to sell more, not only in the stadium, but it's going to sell more for their businesses as well. So um, I hope he's here longer than eight years, you know, yes. um, and hope he retires a Panther just after this one season, but um, you know, very happy he's down here and he's not elsewhere. <laughs> no doubt. And we are very fortunate to watch this guy every day and just looked up the, what he finished with. 109 points. Um, he got an assist tonight on that Carter Hagee goal uh, that that made it a, a game that was closer than it actually was, even even though it was a a, a, a short period of time where the Panthers it might have been over. the The Panthers made it close, and then the Carolina Hurricanes taking it <laughs> away t- towards the end. But hey, it was a weird ending to a game 82, but. This season has been weird for the Panthers as, as well uh, with the start, the seven-game point streak, four-game four losing streak, seven-game point streak again, and right before <laughs> tonight. Uh, why, why should we be surprised with, with that ending to Game 82? Uh, I was going to say, I mean, if you think the whole season was weird, wait till the playoffs start. That's when things get really weird. And our emotions are going to go like this the whole time. So no doubt, get get those Twitter receipts ready. Yes, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely, it's going to be uh, an exciting, exciting time now that we know who the Florida Panthers will be facing in in round one. We are going to discuss who the Panthers will fa- be facing and take a guess on how the schedule could be lining up for for this series. We're going to discuss that next year on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast.
Third and final segment here on this Friday, April 14th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers lose to the Carolina Hurricanes at home 6-4 to four and are locked in to wild card two, which means they will be facing the best regular season game, regular season team of all time, points-wise and wins-wise in the Boston Bruins. But their turnaround with Jim Montgomery coming into the mix uh, as well, Patrice Bergeron coming back for another season, David Krejci, and of course, so many, so many great players to to name for, for the Boston Bruins. I mean, Hempis Lindholm, Charlie McAvoy, Brad Marchand, it, it, David Pasternak, sixty goal scorer. So many, so many. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Panthers also talked about after the game how they they they're Matthew Kachuk. He said we're not just happy to make the playoffs and that they are going to go out there and they're, they're going to give it their all and that they're, they want, they are going to be hungry. And then Lomberg says how that everyone's going to be counting us out. Everyone's going to, everyone's going to think that with this best team of all time, that it's going to, it's going to be a smooth sailing for, the Bruins, but I haven't done the research on this, but this might be the first time that the reigning president's trophy winners uh, are facing the current president's trophy winners. I'm going to have to double check on, on that. So, uh, but it's a, it's going to be a battle uh, for, 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 for in this series. But of course, one of the best games of the season for the Florida Panthers came in, in that January 28th matchup against the Bruins, of course, Barkov scoring at the buzzer and then Sam Reinhart scoring in overtime. Uh, The first one with going down to four defensemen at one point, Mm -hmm. the second road game, Spencer Knight, not, not uh, playing so well in in that one. And then the, I think the second one was like right before Thanksgiving, Uh, doing this on the top of my head. So two and two in, in, in the season series for the Panthers. Now they have an opportunity, but me watching this, of course, I'm not on the ice. I feel a little kind of not necessarily at ease, but I am watching this as they got nothing to lose. I know the players might see it a little different uh, because, of course, what they went through from being in this position, in that position last season to this season. So I'm going to kind of quote biz nasty a little bit and uh, i'm going to use what he said a little bit out of context because it's easy to do that but he said he'd rather see he'd rather not see the florida panthers in the playoffs or he would put something in a blender so i think we should send them a blender or at least the boston bruins some blenders because i don't think any team really wants to play florida right now they're getting hot at the right time they have a hot goaltender who is wearing john van Beesbrook's jersey and mm-hmm. if I was looking at 95-96, one of the last best, you know, one of the last team besides the Tampa Bay Lightning actually had the best record ever was the Red Wings in 95-96. Now, did they make the cup? Did they win the cup? No. I think the same thing's going to happen to Boston, and I think everybody's going to be surprised that this series is probably going to go longer than expected. I'm not going to say who's going to win it yet, yes. but I think it's going to go longer than people are going to expect it to be. Crazy how with that season with the Red Wings uh, 
and, and and their wins, and then the highest scoring team in the Penguins that same season, and then eliminated by the Florida Panthers in the in the conference final. This is going to be the first time that the Florida Panthers and the Boston Bruins face in the playoffs since 1996. Hmm, what happened that year? I don't know. Bill Lindsay scores a game-winning uh, goal against the Boston Bruins while he's falling uh, forward and just ch- uh, chips at five hole. Uh, to to get the game winner for the Panthers and have them advance, uh, still the most iconic goal in in the in the team's history based on degree of difficulty, if, if we mm-hmm. want to say, um, and moment. But and it's funny, I just walked by Bill Lindsay right before uh, right before going down for the presser. So great to see it all coming full <laughs> circle there. But. Let's talk a little bit about when the series is supposed to start and what we can expect. So the Boston Celtics share an arena, obviously, with the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Game one for them is Saturday against the Atlanta Hawks. Yep. Game two is Tuesday. Yep. So we can expect a Monday yep. and a Wednesday. Here's the thing with the Celtics series. Game one and two is a two-day gap, and then game between games two and three is a three-day uh, is a Another two or three day gap, one of the two. Um, so we could see very well see one of a few things. Games one and two, one will be on Monday, two will be on Wednesday. Game three, I'm 99.9% sure is going to be next Friday here at FLA Live Arena. They could either do one of two things either have the Florida Panthers on a back to back Friday, Saturday, or or Oh, there's um, George Richards just told me there's a concert here on Saturday. So, no, no concert <laughs> here you. on Saturday. Thank you, Thank George. Thank you, George. <laughs> uh, so, it could be Friday and Sunday. And then, with the Boston Celtics having a game five on Tuesday, the Panthers could have two days off between games four and five and then do the whole rotation and game seven of that Celtics series would be on that Saturday in TD Garden. So chances are game one on the Monday, two on the Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Sunday, if, if you guys are following. So only one two-day gap in between. So a little bit of a different, uh, a, a little bit of uh, a scheduling guess as far as, as, as far as that. But I believe... I haven't gotten an email yet from Panthers PR. Of course, not all the games have gone final, mm-hmm. but Colorado hasn't closed the Central Division yet. They play tomorrow, game eighty-two, so we might not know the full schedule even until tomorrow night. Even yeah. So I will say this: you know, it's it's really nice that Florida doesn't have to play a back-to-back in the playoffs, or it looks like they won't. Um, because I can't tell you how annoying that is. And it seems like Florida's the only team the last couple of seasons that have played back-to-backs. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong or anybody who's listening or watches, you know, you guys can correct me. That's, that's fine. But I just feel like just for scheduling purposes, the league made Florida play back-to-back games. And over the last couple times that they made the playoffs, it hasn't benefited them, to be honest. Um, and how can you play playoff hockey on a back-to-back? Regular season's mm-hmm. fine. Um, name me another sport besides baseball that you play back to back for playoffs. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not fair with a 60 minute game too, where it's on the fly as well. That's a little, that's, 
difficult for to to log that many minutes if you're if you're doing it. So actually, I looked up on StubHub what the concert would be um, here at FLA Live Arena. It's Juan Luis Guerra um, is the concert here at FLA Live Arena on uh, Saturday night. So no. Uh, so the, so, so the ice ahead. is going to be choppy on Sunday. Uh, I, I mean, they keep it at a, <laughs> at a certain temperature um, during non-game days and all that stuff. So I'm not necessarily worried about how the, I'm not. I'm not going to be worried about uh, the ice conditions on how uh, they're going to look um, when when the Panthers uh, do take the ice again. So uh, again, uh, hope you guys were able to stay with me as I list <laughs> the li- list the uh, days of of possibly for for the for how the schedule outlook could be uh at fla live arena on april 26th there's all elite wrestling but that would be a possible game five on the road so no arena conflict for the florida panthers here so only that and so putting two and two together putting the puzzle and all that stuff but nick we we know who the matchup is we know we we are familiar with um, this Boston Bruins team. Obviously, of course, no matter what happens, the Panthers have a tough challenge ahead of them. And even if they do end up winning this series, which I'll give my prediction for Monday's show, they're going to have to go up against, even if they beat Boston, they're going to have to go against a team that has broken a playoff drought in the Toronto Maple Leafs or a team that's going to go to their four um th- that's trying to make their fourth straight Stanley Cup final. So it is not going to be an easy task at all uh to to even get past the Boston Bruins in this one. So big hill to climb my friend. Definitely and uh I have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. One, do you really think Toronto's going to make it out of the first round this season or this postseason? I think they're healthier um as, as far as their skaters. Um, not goaltending, obviously, with Matt Murray. Uh, I mean, Sansona's been great at times here, here and there, but of course, it's he's not Vasilevsky. And uh, I just get with the Tampa Bay Lightning, I get 2014 Miami Heat vibes that they're limping, they might not take the regular season as seriously, and it might catch up to them in, in this one. So, I, I think this could be the year, I, I really do. Uh, it, so, it just depends what kind of Vasilevsky we see. So I think it's interesting that you said that they like they go in, they're not taking the regular season seriously. How crazy is it that Florida ended up four points behind them? And they were legit like what 10, 15, almost 20 points behind, like you know, by January or February. Going into um, tonight, going into tonight, their last 10 was three, seven, and zero for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, so to me. I think they're just they're playing dead right now. And uh, when the playoffs come, you know, when they start against Toronto, we're going to see a different team. You're oh, going to yeah. see Vasilevsky locked in, and I, I don't see him getting out. So that that was my second yeah. question: is Do you think they're playing dead right now? Because I do. Um, I don't know if "dead" is the. I wish I could use a be- a, a, a better word, but <laughs> I just think. I just think it conserving energy is a better way of using okay. it. I, I guess I guess you could relate that to dead as well, but of course we know what kind of marathon the Stanley Cup 
season the the regular the NHL regular season is, and then mm-hmm. the the Stanley Cup playoffs is its own. But of course, I live in Central Florida where it's lightning territory over there, and some of them even say that even if they get eliminated in round one, that this could be a good reset for them to be even better um, the next season. That's that, that's at least from the the Lightning fans that I've uh, spoken to as well. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Uh, are, my friend, are you are you ready for the best part of the year? Of course, I'm just glad we're a part of it. I mean, for most of these shows that we did this year, we were like, Ooh, gloomy. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if this is gonna happen. Uh, the way they're playing right now, hell no. But um, no, I'm happy to be a part of it because now. It's all house money. That's all this is. Last mm-hmm. year, no, they needed to prove something. They needed to win everything. But now, let's throw everything out the window and let's make a, let's make a statement and have some fun. Before we sign off here, Jonathan Tay scored for the Chicago Blackhawks in his final game as a Blackhawks. Uh, right now, it's 4-4. Uh, Blackhawks, Flyers. Uh, looks like that's going to head into overtime. And then one other one right before we do is uh, the Colorado Avalanche one. And the Dallas Stars won. So Colorado would have one more game tomorrow to try to win the division. Uh, and Western Conference, uh, Vegas is still battling out, it out for the Pacific Division. It's 0-0 against the Kraken. And Kings and Ducks tied at one. And Oilers are putting the pressure on for... for the division title. So that is a little bit of an update on the division races across the league. So it's crazy how it came down to game 80, 81 slash 82 for some of these clinching scenarios. Only one was locked in, uh, which was Maple Leafs uh, <laughs> lightning for a while. Uh, so Nick, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the locked on Florida Panthers podcast. Uh, the next time we, we talk, we'll be previewing, previewing a game three uh, mm-hmm. for the Florida Panthers versus the Boston Bruins. So tell everybody where they can follow you online. Armando, thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for having me on all season. Can't wait to do the post uh, season with you as well. Uh, everybody, you can follow me on Twitter at Prudentia Zero. Like I said, it's house money, guys. Let's have some fun. Absolutely. Great way to end it. So thank you, Nick, and I will see you next week, my friend. See you next week. And if you like what you're hearing, Please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Stuart Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen of the day. Make sure you listen to Locked On Game to Game. Every moment, every top performance. Locked On Game to Game brings you the biggest moments from the National Hockey League. Follow Locked On Game to Game NHL on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.